In March, as it rapidly became clear that the seaward pandemic would upend our lives, the U.S. Department of Education offered student loan borrowers a break from their monthly payments, and they accepted. Less than 11% of people with federal student loans are repaying them during the pandemic, according to data analyzed by higher education expert Mark Kontrowitz. That means about 4.6 million out of 42 million borrowers are continuing to pay down their debt. The government's so-called seaward forbearance on federal student loans has freed up money for basic essentials for many borrowers, many of whom have seen their income dry up due to the public health crisis. As also student loans have long outpaced credit card and auto debt as a burden to Americans, and each year 70% of college graduates start off their lives in the red. The average balance is around $30,000, up from $10,000 in the early 1990s, but many borrowers owe $100,000 or more, and the typical monthly payment is $400. The U.S. Department of Education Press Secretary Angela Morbito said that while the vast majority of our loan portfolio is currently in forbearance, borrowers made nearly 6.2 billion dollars in federal student loan payments in May, June, and July. Still, that's a fraction of the outstanding 1.6 trillion dollars in U.S. student loan balance. Before the pandemic, 22-year-old Cecilia Sena of New York had to work three jobs just to cover her rent, groceries, and monthly $250 student loan bill. She owes around $25,000 in education debt. Her full-time position as a research assistant at Columbia University, from which she graduated in 2019, pays just around $38,000 a year. So, she babysat on weeknights and taught Hebrew school on the weekends. I was out all the time, Sena said. It was exhausting. There just wasn't time for myself. As student debt has ballooned, wages have sputtered. Starting salaries for new college graduates have grown less than one percent over the past two years, remaining at around fifty thousand dollars. Now that Sena can take a break from her monthly student loan bill, she doesn't have to work as much and is able to spend more time at home. When she was juggling multiple jobs, she rarely cooked and relied on microwavable meals and takeout. Now she cooks every day. Some of her favorite meals are steamed sweet potatoes with tahini butter, chickpea salad, and it's so soothing. She said of cooking. Is one way I feel present in my body and life. With the extra time, she also does yoga and takes long strolls and bike rides around the city. But the debt still hangs over her. When student loan payments become mandatory again, that's a scary thought, she said. Sena worries about having to take on more jobs that could put her health in jeopardy. New York City appears at risk of a second wave. Of the virus, and I'm relieved that I don't have to seek additional work at this moment. 
that would put me and my roommates in a more difficult situation, Senna said. In March, the U.S. Department of Education said student loan borrowers could pause their payments without interest accruing until September. But President Donald Trump signed an executive order that extended the reprieve through the end of the year. Still, that means borrowers may have to resume their payments in less than three months, while unemployment rates remain high and cases of the virus continue to surge across the U.S. In the meantime, Olivia Elder, 24, is enjoying a life that no longer revolves around paying down her student loans. She left George Washington University in 2018 with more than $30,000 in debt, and had been throwing all of her extra cash, including her tax refunds and bonuses at work, to the balance. There was never a ton of money in my checking account, Elder said. It wasn't comfortable. The pandemic and the break for student loan borrowers has changed her priorities. My life has just expanded to much more than that, she said. Recently, Elder, who works in criminal justice reform at a political organization, became the owner of a two-bedroom condominium in Washington, thanks to a first-time homebuyer program in the city. It feels great, she said. My grandparents always stressed the importance of owning something. Student debt is a hindrance of, well, two home ownership. Researchers at the Urban Institute found that if a person's education and debt went from fifty thousand dollars to a hundred thousand dollars, their chance of home ownership declines by fifteen percentage points. Even when her student loan bill resumes, Elder said she'll probably just make the minimum payments. She cares much more now about building up her own savings. I don't feel my job is in danger, but neither did a lot of people before the pandemic," she said. "At least I could pay my mortgage for a while if something were to happen. During the break from her $500 monthly student loan bill, Morgan Hopkins, director of political strategies at a national nonprofit, has paid off more than $12,000 in credit card debt, and has started saving for a down payment on a house in Philadelphia. Hopkins, 32, would like to buy a home within two years with a backyard, and she and her partner are thinking about children too. It's been completely life-changing, Hopkins said. I used to feel like I was suffocating under student loan debt. She still owes around sixty-eight thousand dollars. These months without student loan bills have served as a social experiment, she said. We're seeing what's possible for our generation. Check out Fortune Box. dot com to master your money, personal finance lessons and courses. Want to make money online? Learn the four steps to make money online in the description of this episode. Now, let's talk about this whole forbearance in student loans, right? And feel free to give your thoughts down below in this episode, because here's the thing, right? In each of these scenarios, in each of these cases, right? These ladies. Women, girls, whatever, right? They're living life like they don't have student debt, right? And that is not okay, right? Because here's the thing: when the forbearance ends, guess what you got to do? You got to pay that debt, right? 
So instead of doing basically a smarter thing, which would have been to continue to pay down the debt as much as they can, because since it's in forbearance, it's not, you know, increasing in interest. So you're not having to pay even more. So you could actually just hammer it down as hard and fast as you can, right? Like that's what each of these ladies should have done because by the time that forbearance would have ended, right, they could lower their student loan bill by a drastic amount, right? And they would actually feel far more secure, right? Because they feel secure now because they don't got to pay it right now. But as soon as forbearance ends, they're going to have to pay the bill, right? And what, you're going to pay the minimum bill on a $30,000 student loan for the rest of your life, right? That's just crazy. You want that stuff to get out of your life. And, you know, people have like different views on whether or not student loan should be like forgiven or something, right? And to me, that's not going to solve anything. It's not going to solve anything for anyone because it was people's choices in a series of choices that led them to thinking that taking out a massive student loan was the answer. Right now, they could have been pressured by family. You could be pressured by family if you listen to this. But the thing is, it's still a choice, right? It was a choice to take out student loans. You could have went to community college for, in some states, completely for free. Like I believe even in California, it's 100% free if you were to go to a community college, right? So there's ways to have a very low-cost college education and also from this whole pandemic thing you kind of see the whole nonsense of the college educational system right because basically all they're doing is having online lessons that you could just do from home and 99 percent of what they're teaching you is completely for free on youtube and google so are you willing to what go into student loan debt, paying 10000 a year, $50,000 a year, even $100,000 a year for what? Something that you could just Google? Like, it just doesn't even make sense. Like, it to me, it makes sense if you have to be a lawyer or a doctor, like something where it specifically asks for a very specific degree so that you basically have no choice. If not, just go for like a certification, get like a six month certification in IT or like, you know, maybe a year certification for like welding or something, because that would probably make you way more money, give you a higher return, and you'll actually be doing something, right? Because here's the thing, people get stuck in this whole like uh, routine of I just got to keep learning, I got to keep learning, I got to go to the next class, I'm going to keep going here, I'm going to go to graduate school, I want to go get my PhD. Look, after a certain point, you got to make money and you can't just stay in school forever. 